Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham with uh, your host for Blooming Inspired Podcast. And I want to um, spend some time this week looking at women in the Bible, especially women who led. And so this morning I've landed on the, the prophetess Deborah in the book of Judges. And we'll start in chapter 4. We'll read a bit and then we'll talk through um, what is happening in the text and then we will come uh, back to this or we will explore another woman in the Bible and we may look at some other women who were leaders in their time um, from a biblical perspective this week and so this week I'm going to focus on women and leadership because it is the heart of Blooming Inspired Network to help women embrace their identity in Christ, encourage them to discover what they're passionate about, equip them for their purpose, and empower them to lead. And so I've had people that have poured into me in my life that way, and, and I just want to begin to pour into you. And so um, let's begin in, in Judges chapter 4, but before we do, let's pray. And so God, I just come before you, Father, and I just say, Speak to your daughters today. Speak to your daughters. This is a message for daughters. And, and Deborah was a daughter of God before she was a prophetess. She was a woman of God before she was a prophetess. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of women who lead um, throughout, throughout our world through this podcast and everyone within the sound of my voice would hear and respond to the words spoken. I pray, God, that you would increase and that I would decrease and that you would be wise and you would be well represented through the things that I speak today. Impart to me what it is you want to say through the podcast today and I pray it goes out and it reaches many with the message of Jesus, with the message of empowering um, women and with the message of loving them well as they discover who they are in you. And I just ask Jesus for you to step into our lives today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to guide and direct my words. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, in Judges chapter 4, it says, When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So in Judges, there's kind of this, this back and forth play between Israel serving God, and then Israel falling away from God. And they would have these judges that rose up, and they led them, and they, they took care of them, and they, they, they were very much the leaders of Israel at that time. And Ehud was... one of those who led them against the Moabites when they were oppressed by Moab. And and he allowed for Moab to be defeated. God defeated Moab through the leadership of Ehud. And so Moab, it says in verse 30, So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest for 80 years. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. But when Weehah was dead, the ch children of Israel went their own way. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. 
The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harasheth Hagoim, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had nine hundred chariots of iron, and for twenty years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So it's basically been a hundred years since God delivered them from Moab, and now they're under the oppression of Jabin, king of Canaan. And in verse 4 it says, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, who was judging Israel at the time. Did you get that? The judges were leaders in Israel. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you ten thousand men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jamin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. See, Barak was testing Deborah's word. He knew that if Deborah believed what she said, she'd willingly go with them because she knew the Lord would deliver the victory. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. So, so here's, here's what we see happening here. Deborah was bold in her prophecy. Deborah was bold in her leadership. And she called upon a man who to lead the army, Barak. And Barak says, I won't go if you won't go. And she says, okay, because you're not willing to go, you will get no glory. You will get no recognition in the, in the victory. Because God will deliver it to me because I went as a woman. And I know that there have been some who have said that the reason that... God allowed Deborah to be a leader in Israel was because no man would step up and do it. But that I don't believe that's true because before you get to ver chapter 4, I don't see it indicated in the text. Before you get to chapter 4, Ehud is led, Joshua of course led, uh, led up two judges, right? And then you have... Uh, now after the death of Joshua, uh, it came to the Lord who shall first go up against the Canaanites to fight. So Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me to allotted territory that we may fight against the Canaanites. And Simeon went out with them. Then Judah went up and the Lord delivered the Canaanites. And they found Adonai, Bezek, and Bezek and fought against him. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And so the children of Judah rise up and they lead the way for Israel. And it was the whole nation. 
And so it, it goes through and it tells you about all the tribes of Israel. Then the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I led you up out of Egypt. And telling them that they needed to conquer all the people in the land because they weren't doing it. Right? And then... And then the Lord raised up judges for them in chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved with pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. This is verse two, nineteen, chapter 2, verse 19. And so the Lord left them to their own devices, nor did he live, and therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua. Now these are the nations which the Lord left, and it goes into that in chapter 3, and then it talks about Ehud, and it, and it tells the story of the judges, and Ehud is the first... And so what it is, is it's this play between the children of Israel doing what they want. So the first judge that they identify is Othniel, the son of Kenaz, and he gave rest to Israel for 40 years, and then the children of Israel did evil again. And he gathered unto himself the people of Ammon and Amalek, and went and defeated Israel. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, for 18 years. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, he raised up Ehud. And Ehud delivered them from the hands of Moab. And so when Ehud was dead, it's Deborah's turn. Now it doesn't say anywhere in there that Deborah was raised up because a man wouldn't lead. She summoned Barak because she felt like Barak, God had said he would give the battle over to the hands of Israel. And so she summoned Barak because she knew him to be a leader. But when Barak, and probably because God told her to, right? It doesn't say that clearly, but that's that's bound to be part of it. And so Barak says, I'm not going if you're not going. <coughs> of course, that it had been some time that they had been oppressed by the enemy, right? So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. He went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenan, the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pinched his tent near the terebinth tree at, Zay, at Zayanum, which is beside Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Harasheth Hagoim to the river Kishon, when 
Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with ten thousand men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herosheth Haguim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. God did exactly what he said through Deborah he was going to do. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. Now, do you get all this? He, J, Jael was the wife of Heber, who was the Kenite, and the Kenite was a relative of Moses's in-laws. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk and gave him a drink. Now remember, it says, uh, Deborah told Barak that Sisera would not be defeated by Barak because he refused to go without Deborah that it would be delivered into the hands of a woman. And here's Sisera entering into the tent of Jael, who is a woman, and she covers him with a blanket. And then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you, and says, Is there any man here? You shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg, and took a hammer in her hand, and went softly to him, and drove the peg into his temple, and it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Jael took the life of Sisera and ultimately defeated the enemies of Israel, who were led by Sisera. And then as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came of the tent and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there was Sisera dead, with his peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jamin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, the king of Canaan. Now, do you get this? Under the leadership of Deborah, a woman kills the leader of, of Jabin's army. And ultimately, that leads to the strengthening of Israel and the destruction of the king who was oppressing them for 20 years. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord, and I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord, this Sinai before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shagmar, Shamgar, son of Anoth, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted. Do you hear that? They memorialized Jael. And the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I... Deborah arose, arose a mother in Israel. 
You see, the house of God needs mothers. It needs fathers and it needs mothers. Position to lead side by side and represent a balanced picture of the image of God. They chose new gods then, and then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, who sit in judges' attire, and who walk along the road, far from the noise of the archers among the watering places. There they shall recount the righteous acts of the God, the righteous acts of his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, and sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. Then the survivors came down, the, pe the people against the nobles, the Lord came down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim there those whose roots were in Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples. From Mashir rulers came down. And from Zebulun those who bear the recruiter's staff. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As Issachar, so was Barak, sent into the valley under his command. Among the divisions of Reuben there was great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings for the flocks? The divisions of Reuben had great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and why did Dan remain on the ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by his inlets. Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their life to the point of death. Naphtali also on the heights of the battlefield. Then kings came and fought. Then the kings of Canaan fought in Tanakh. By the waters of Megiddo, the, they took no spoils of silver. They fought from the heavens. The stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The torrent of Kishon swept them away. That ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon, O my soul, march on in strength. Then the horse's hoofs pounded, the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse Meroth, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Eber, the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. He asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought out cream in a lordly, lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent bag, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera, she pierced his head, she split and struck through his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell, he lay still. At her feet he sank, he fell, where he sank, where there he fell dead. The mother of Sisera looked through the window and cried out through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariot? Her wisest ladies answered her. Yes, she answered herself. After they not finding the, and dividing the spoil, to every man a girl or two for Sisera, plundered or dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed, two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. Thus let all of your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. So the land had rest for forty years, and then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian, 
And that's where we pick up the story of Gideon, who was a judge. And so I want you to pay attention to the fact that, that truly a man refused to lead the way into the battle without a woman at his side, without Deborah, who had given the word. And so the Lord delivered the full victory of defeating Sisera by his death to Jael, who was a woman, and she was memorialized. And so as I sit here contemplating what we just read, there is no indication at the beginning of chapter 4 that Deborah was leading the nation of Israel because men refused to step up and lead. She was leading the people of Israel because she was a prophetess appointed by God to do so. It would have been an unusual because up until this point we don't see women being the primary leaders in Israel. But if we flip back a, a, a few books to Exodus and we go through Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy or, or Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we see a primary female figure among the family of Moses, and that's Miriam. And Miriam is the sister to Moses whose mother gave her the responsibility of put, taking Moses as an infant in that basket and putting him in the Nile so that he would be found by the sister of Pharaoh and he would be raised in the house of Pharaoh and spared the death that had been prescribed for all Egyptian male babies. See, Miriam delivered Moses. And Miriam was a prophetess. And she was leading alongside her brothers as they moved through the desert. And I'm not going to say that Miriam did it well, because she didn't. We see that she spoke against Moses, and, and she spoke against um, him in such a way that God gave her leprosy, but then he healed her. And, and, and so there has to be a careful balance in the leadership. But Deborah was found to be righteous in the eyes of the Lord, and he delivered victory and rest for the nation of Israel through Deborah for 40 years. And he delivered just as she had said. He delivered the army and Sisera into the hands of Israel. And he delivered Sisera specifically into the hands of a woman, just as Deborah had said. Now, if Deborah was out of order, if she was out of line in any way, if she had not been doing what was right before the Lord, would he have honored the words she spoken? You see, if you're called to leadership by God, he is going to make the way for you to do what he calls you to do. He's going to give you the words that you need for the strategy and the plan, just as he did for Deborah. And I think that sometimes... We think we have to make it happen. Well, the truth is we, have to, we don't have to make anything happen. We don't have to make the place of our leadership. We have to follow the voice of the Lord and see what he would say about a matter. And if the voice of the Lord speaks to us on a matter and we follow him in obedience and in humility, as Deborah did, even before he gave her the word about defeating Sisera and the armies of Jabin, even before that, Deborah was doing what the Lord called her to as, he, as she sat underneath that palm tree 
offering judgments from the Lord, listening to the Lord and, and deciding the, the disputes among the people. Deborah was a righteous leader of God and she was a woman. And I don't think we should miss that. I don't think we should miss that Deborah was a woman who led righteously before the Lord, not because a man didn't show up, but because God called her to it. And to, to, to suspect anything different is to add to what is written in the scripture. He did deliver the victory to Jael because Barak wouldn't show up. But that is a part and aside from the fact that Deborah was called a judge of Israel. And so we need to be very aware. I love what Matthew Henry writes in his concise commentary. It says, Deborah was a prophetess. One instructed in divine knowledge by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. She judged Israel as God's mouth to them, correcting abuses and redressing grievances by God's direction. She ordered Barak to raise an army and engage Jabin's forces, but Barak insisted much upon her presence, and Deborah promised to go with him. She would not send him where she would not go herself, and those who in God's name call others to their duty should be ready to assist them in it. Barak values the satisfaction of of his mind and the good success of his enterprise more than mere honor. <clears throat> and then, of course, then he refuses to go and the victory is ultimately delivered into the hand of Jael, which is prophesied. But it's interesting that when the, the man that is named alongside Deborah is her husband, Labiel. Isn't that what his name was? I just closed my Bible. Let me look it up again. Uh, Lapidoth. Her husband was Lapidoth. Now, here's what I believe. It says in Ephesians that women are to be subject to, or, or, or be submitted. I wouldn't say subject, but be, be submitted to their husbands. As the body of Christ is submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. That he is the head over her. And so here's, here's where I've come in my own relationship with God and with my husband, is that, that I hear God speak to me often through my husband, um, that I'm submitted to him, that, that I trust his relationship with the Lord. And sometimes that can be challenging if I don't see what I think to be fruit. Um, to submit myself to the Lord. But before we, I submit myself to my husband, we mutually submit to one another. Meaning that we, we defer to one another, we trust one another, we love one another. We've established a relationship over the last 20 years that allows for us to work together side by side. In our strengths and in our weaknesses, we complement and, and we support one another. And what has happened over the last 20 years is that my husband has begun to realize um, the call of God upon my life. And he sees some fruit in it. And so he supports what I do. And so I'm able to serve the Lord in a number of ways simply because my husband sees what the Lord is, is calling me to do. And he agrees and assents to it 
and empowers me to lead and makes sacrifices for me to lead. And so I think it's important that we note that in Scripture, it identifies Deborah's husband, but it doesn't tell us anything about him, just that she was the wife of him, meaning she was submitted to him. That she was a godly woman who honored her husband and did what the Lord told her to do. To be disobedient to the Lord because you believe that there is no place for women to lead is a difficult thing. It's, it's something that's been established in our society for a number of years. Um, in Western culture, in the church, there is the patriarchal design where primarily men lead, and when women do, there's lots of question around it. And so I don't want us to oppose men who lead. See, she didn't oppose Barack, did she? She didn't oppose Barack, but she did not, um, but she called him. She called him up, and she empowered Barack to lead the, the armies of Israel with the, with the prophecy that God had spoken to her. And there's honor in that. She honored Barak. And she honored his unwillingness to go without her. But God chose to honor Jael as well. And gave Jael, who was not even an Israelite. But she was an in-law of Moses. And Jael did what was required. And she took down the leaders of the armies of Jabin the Canaanite king. And so I just want to say, we don't have to take the place of men as leaders. We don't have to put ourselves in roles as leaders. God will call us up to it. And if you feel like God has been calling you to speak and teach and, and deliver messages from his word, I want to hear from you. I want you to email me at Michelle. M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot Bentham, B as in boy, E, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, H-A-M as in Mary, at bloominginspirednetwork.com. And I want to hear from you, and I want to consider what it is that we might do to work together, how we may get your podcast out on the air together, how we might share our influence together, and and. And begin to raise up women who are not trying to compete with men in leadership, but who are passionate about accomplishing the purpose of God in their life. Who are passionate about helping other women discover who they are in Christ. Who are passionate about helping other women figure out how to lead well as a company of women called to lead. Just as Deborah was. Just as Esther was. Just as even Ruth was a leader alongside Naomi and honored by God by giving him a kinsman, giving her a kinsman redeemer. Just as Mary was a leader who took a very big risk in saying yes to the Lord and doing something that would be, that could very well have cost her her life if, to turn up pregnant while she was engaged to be married or betrothed to a man who did not sleep with her. And so forth and so on are women identified as leaders in the Bible. So we need to honor 
the fact that God calls women leaders in the Bible, but he calls them out in their femininity. He, he didn't call Deborah to be a father to Israel. She, he called her to be a mother. I think what we try to do when we try to lead as women is we try to compete with men and we lay aside our femininity and we try to do what the men do, the way the men do it. And I want to encourage you, woman of God, there is something beautiful that you bring to the table and it is your feminine nature which expresses the compassion of God, the nurturing heart of God. And, and, and Deborah was strong, like she didn't back down. Strength and femininity doesn't have to, to it, a femininity doesn't mean you're weak or you're meek, other than you're humble before the Lord and you're willing to do what he tells you to do. And if you have the support of your husband, if you have the, the if you're married and you have the support of your husband, that's beautiful, but if you're not, then come up under leadership. And it doesn't have to be male leadership. But come up under leadership and be accountable to someone. Don't just run your own way. At Blooming Inspired Network, I'm building um, a team of leaders. And right now I have, I have several women that I've asked to pray about leading here at the network. And, and part of why I've asked these women to lead is because I don't believe that they'll tell me yes every time. I believe they'll challenge me. That, that, um, that they'll... They'll honor me, but they'll challenge me. They'll ask questions of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And they won't require, they'll require more of me as a leader. Because my desire is to lead without, uh, and be above reproach. And so I want women who will stand alongside of me and speak to me as we lead together. And, um... And I want them to help me make every decision that I make. I'm not going to make the decisions. And uh, so I ask for your prayers in this, that God would highlight and appoint the leaders that he has for this season, and that we would do this well, not in a way that dishonors the responsibility of male leadership in the Christian community and in our churches, but in a way that comes up alongside and expresses fully the image and the heart of God. And you may be a woman that's in a church that won't bring a woman up into leadership or, or, or give you the position that um, you feel like God has called you to. And if that's the case, that's okay. Because we're not trying to force change anywhere. All we're trying to do is give you a place to be heard and recognized and seen as a leader. And ultimately to give you a place where you may also lead them alongside of us. I believe that's all that I have for you today. Lord, I just ask that as we go forward with Blooming Inspired Network, as we go forward with the radio shows and, and, and the podcast, that we would speak to the hearts of women, that we would deal with the wounds in our hearts as women in a way that honors you and honors everyone around us, not just the women around us. And I pray that you would call us up into a new season of leadership, just as you did Deborah in Judges, in the day, as she sat underneath that palm tree and she decided the disputes among the people of Israel. And as she called up Barak to lead the army to defeat Sisera, and as 
She prophesied of Jael and then sang a song to memorialize her. That Barak would come alongside of her and notice Barak was not her husband. I noticed that, God. Sometimes you call us to lead with people who are not our spouse. And, and so, Lord, I pray you would teach us what that looks like and you would teach us what that means. And I pray you would encourage, equip, and empower the women who come after us in a way that honors you and glorifies you in everything we do. I just ask, Lord, you would breathe on the messages this week and you would give me divine wisdom about how to speak on such things and how to speak on the lives of women we see in Scripture. I should pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all I have for you today. Again, find us on Facebook, at Blooming Inspired on Facebook. We're on Twitter, too. It's at Bloom Inspire Net. And um, the website is bloominginspirednetwork.com. Still working on that, still building that. I'd love prayer for that. And if you want to connect with us, um, be sure to send me a message, DM me, email me. Um, I would love to hear from you, and I would love to connect with you. For those of you who have put in, um, who have already spoken to me about your podcast interest, uh, I will be sending out an email this afternoon because I finally have all the pieces that I need, and I will be sending that out to you this afternoon with um, more details and more about that opportunity. So excited to be meeting with you, ministering to you, working with you, working alongside of you, and looking forward to what God will do in our future. Until tomorrow, I'm just going to remind you that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams. And you know, blooming means that you have to have roots that go deep. And so I want to encourage you, let your roots go deep where you're planted. Serve humbly. Serve to the capacity that you're permitted to serve in your churches and in your homes and in your communities. And, and, and allow God to give you increase as you are faithful with those small things because he will always give you more when you're faithful with the small things. So bloom where you're planted because it is truly the first step to living your wildest dreams.